hello everyone and welcome back to Exile on Bad Street. It's been a long time since I've done one of these shows, but uh, this one had to be done. This one had to be done, and uh, we're here tonight to discuss loss of a true internet wrestling giant in Dean Rasmussen, and uh, I couldn't have picked two better people to be on the show with me tonight, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started as I am joined by Phil Schneider, a man who you've heard, of course, on uh, other podcasts I've been involved with, and one of the uh, legendary DVDVR players and a close friend of Dean. And Phil, uh, it's great to have you back on with me, brother, but yeah, just a shitty situation we got to do this under. Yeah, I'm happy to talk to you guys. You know, it's been a, a while uh, for me to talk to both of you. Obviously, I would have loved to do it under different circumstances, but I'm still happy to be here um, and happy to get a chance to do this. I was sort of, after this happened, I was like, hey, we should do something, you know, have a bit of a, a bit of a a, a a community moment, right? A bit of a, a an allergy. So I'm happy. But, yeah. a, a catharsis, so to speak. Yes, exactly. Yes. And I'm joined with someone who uh, I've never done a podcast with before, but known for 20 plus years as uh, me and this man have com- com- been in many fantasy sports leagues together. And, uh, you know, many Death Valley Driver chat room experiences together and, of course, on the board and stuff. But another one of the uh, legendary DVD of our players and the other Phil, as we are joined by Phil Rippa. Phil, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for putting this together. Uh, definitely, like Schneider said, wish it was better circumstances. But at some point, I think the processing for me needed to begin, and this probably will be the the start of it. I've been trying to necessarily put my thoughts into words, and that wasn't coming. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's always tough. You know, it's always tough to try to to do something like that in a written way, and I found it to be a little bit easier to do it in an audio fashion, you know, and uh, hopefully, like you said, this will be uh, the beginning of your uh, catharsis on this subject, because Dean, Dean was such a, you know, powerful force, you know, in, in the community, I mean... I remember reading Dean's stuff on RSPW way back before Death Valley Driver even became a thing. And then, you know, once I found out about the website and started going there, reading the, the reviews, then going started going to the message board, started posting on the message board, started becoming a member of the chat room, you know, going step by step by step. And Dean just was so powerful and such a, a presence and, uh, you know, it's someone that a lot of people admired, you know, and revered in ways. But Ripley, I mean, you two guys knew him personally. You know, we, you know, most of us knew him, you know, just on the internet. But you two guys knew him personally, broke bread with him. And Rip, I'll start with you first. Talk about the, the, your, your early experiences uh, in person with Dean, meeting him and all that stuff. Well, I, first of all, I have to thank Phil Schneider for introducing me to Dean. Um, Since Phil and I were in school together and obviously became friends there, I, Phil will be able to tell you how he hooked up with Dean, but 
not many people have their first meeting with someone, let alone at Dean, uh, immortalized in a road report because uh, I can tell you the exact date I've met Dean in person, September 28th, 1997, because it was the night that we went to uh, the Patriot Center, now Eagle Bank Arena on the campus of George Mason University to see a WCW house show. Um, and that was the one, if people remember for the longest while, we have a photo of Ultimo Dragon and Eddie Guerrero it came from that show. Dave Lane took the photo and that we used forever. And um, I remember the three of us sitting together uh, and you can read the entire road report. And I still always remember it because it started the trend from Jump Street of Dean would make fun of my cars because I was the one who was driving <laughs> us everywhere. So, um, you know, and, you know, so it started there and carried on further. But, uh, you know. Yeah, Baltimore one too. I think it was a double shot, right? No, I did not go to the Baltimore one. I just went to the one in Fairfax. But this then is going to be because my memory is of Swiss cheese from my actual life. I'm pretty good at like facts. I'm incredible at trivia, but my actual things that have happened to me, I've it's notoriously terrible of it. But I do remember that show, and I remember there was a. A ball, it was like a double shot of Baltimore. I'm pretty sure I went with Dean to that one too. Yeah. And then a really, really long Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho match. Yeah. So like the, five minutes or something insane like that. The um, show we the show we went to had Ultimo Dragon and Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko versus Steve Regal. Um there and then they even though he didn't wrestle, they had Sting come from the rafters during the main event, and the place lost its mind. <laughs> and that was a good gig for Sting, right? He just yeah. show up. Oh, re re real quick, the Baltimore show was the next day. Okay, yeah, it was the day after. Yeah, so I, I definitely did that double shot. I think I did it with Dean too, but again, uh, you know, it makes sense because I think Dean came up and probably. I don't know where he slept in that tiny apartment you had at the time. <laughs> so, but he, I remember he came up, you know, he drove up and then I drove us over. So, and the, but I, you guys went on your way because I think you met up with some other people after the show. So it wouldn't be surprised me, but yeah, that was the first time. And that started the, the days of where we would just either Dean would come up and we would sit in Schneider's apartment watching tapes or sometimes pay-per-view or we'd go down to Dean's house and we would go through tapes and watch at his house. And then not to mention, you know, the random shows we went to, because it was like less than two months later, we went to, Phil will remember this too, we went to the IWC Lucha show on the campus of University of District of Columbia. Oh, sure. Where, yeah. <laughs> so that I was like, hooking up with so, that, the promoter for a while and being involved in a bunch of his schemes through my 20s. <laughs> That's uh, Phil, Phil had a parade of cars that he would get from that promoter and he and I were like, what the uh, hell is going on? All right, Sal. I mean, at least I... <laughs> I mean, I was under the impression that he passed along. I think there was at least I always thought there was like a fifteen percent chance that he uh, that he um, faked his death and just kind of <laughs> disappeared. Like I thought there was a decent, I, yeah, no, because I remember I like con con contacted that guy afterwards because Tim Noel made a tape of that show. 
Yeah. And I was like, hey, you know, we, we made a tape of the show. If you want to have a copy of it, I can get you a copy of it. And, you know, if you want to, you know, if you ever put on something else and you need some help. And I just, that ended up being like a multi-year thing where he would have all kinds of these schemes that I would get involved in. Like at one <laughs> point he was, at one point he was, he was like the executor of an estate or something like that. And like, we went to the estate to mow the lawn and then sell a bunch of the stuff. And I, I went on two trips to Mexico. I was about to say, was, was he the one that you in champagne did the commentary yeah, for? It was like a pilot for a TV Holy show. Shit, that never I remember that. Where, I, where they ran a show. Originally they were going to run the show in DC again. And that got kept on getting canceled. <laughs> and then it ended up being happening in Monterey, Mexico, where I flew down to Monterey, Mexico, with champagne, uh, and and Mar and uh, venom, Jason Arm. <laughs> That's right, I forgot that. Black Fife, who I think came to do do ring announcing, <laughs> and champagne did play by color, and I did play by play, and the show had like, I mean, this is a long time ago, it had like a pre. ECW Tajiri on it. Dean and I were convinced you were running drugs. We were. I don't think I was. I don't think you I might not have known it. You were convinced they were in the car, or he was slipping them in your luggage, right? Like that's certainly possible. Definitely, the second trip to Mexico was super sketchy because it was like, wait, what? Is supposed to be a banker? Okay, I'll just wear. It. I'll be a white person in a suit on this free trip to Mexico, where I'll like wander in some very nice hotels and play in a car. But I went to a. I went. I think I, I, think I went to arena mexico and saw and saw like a a, a cmll anniversario show because like technically it was like well i should do some lucha scouting while i'm here we're still going to do that right <laughs> oh yeah definitely any day now so, you know. yeah sal oh my god i hadn't thought about that in many years <laughs> oh. but but yeah but so Schneider, talk about your, you know, your first experience with Dean, meeting him in person and all that. How'd you? And, and, and again, man, I, you know, this is this is the 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 the, the multiple concussions I've had in my life uh, <laughs> makes my memory much worse than Rippa's when it comes to this kind of thing. Uh, I s sort of hooked up with Dean uh, on like on RSPW, right when he was doing when he was starting to do reviews and stuff like that. And I had started, I had gotten my hands on a pair of VCRs. And there was a Japanese video store. This is when I was still in college, I'm pretty sure. And again, like I said, my memory's awful. Uh, I was still in college and I found this Japanese video store in Hayward, California, where I lived at home, that had all Japan and New Japan TV tapes. So what I would used to do is I used to take all Japan and New Japan TV tapes and then copy them with a pair of VCRs. And then I started having some tapes that were just like of New Japan and all Japan TV that I then had as like fodder to start trading for other stuff. And I would I advertise them on RSPW. And I think I made like the first Schneider comp was mostly stuff I got from that. And then like a couple of things I started to trade using that. So it's like all, and almost so not nearly as varied as they would get later. It really was just mostly all Japan, New Japan TV. Um, and I remember, uh, I just have remembered getting into it with John D. Williams <laughs> because, uh, 
because I had, I guess I overhyped some of the stuff on the comp. Oh, God like, ah, <laughs> Who are you? Did you tell, tell me that this match it wasn't that good? But I mean, you know, try to try to hustle up some business here. JD, stop fucking busting my balls. So eventually I got, you know, set up with Dean through that. Like he was starting to do the very, very early Death Valley drivers on RSPW. And at some point we had traded some stuff. <clears throat> and I was in DC and he was in Richmond. Um, and so we sort of like, you know, you know, started BSing on the phone and trading tapes. And then he asked me to, to, if you, I wanted to start writing with him and I had been writing at, you know, the school newspaper, which is how I knew, uh, uh, Repa. So I'd been doing some writing and I was, so I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to get in on that. And I think I was probably in part of maybe Death Valley Driver six or seven or something. No, like you, you, this is where your memory is really bad. You weren't, you didn't start writing until 61. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, really? What year was that? <laughs> it was like 90, 99-ish. But early 98, late 98, early, late, uh, early 99. So after you, know, we, you were sending him tapes to do your reference, but you didn't start writing until 61. So, okay, well, fuck, you're right, it is bad. Um, <laughs> but I, so that's how, so that's how I knew him. And we went to, we went to some shows together, we went to some really bad, um, like Virginia indie shows to start. Which is like Virginia indie stuff where it was like, you know, just where the best you could hope for was that like Tom Brandy would throw a stiff chop. <laughs> did you like go a, to did, did you go to with Dean to the infamous Midlothian show? No. Okay. No. That was just that was just uh uh like uh that was, was just uh no Dean and Tim and Dave and yeah. yeah. But like we would go to like you know balls shows that have like Axel Rotten on them, balls Mahoney on them, um, you know, and and we would sort of do these road trips. And a lot of times I would either drive with Dean or I would borrow after the Lucha show I would borrow Sal's car, um, <laughs> you know, like just drive his car around uh, to these things. And you know, so that's how I got together with him. And then I think I guess. I must have looped you in because I was going to these shows and I knew you were like a wrestling fan, Phil, and we sort of yeah. knew each other from the newspaper. Yeah, because you and I watched some wrestling in college together, but it was shortly after we graduated that it, uh, you know, it really kicked in when we had more free time because we weren't in school. And I don't think either one of us had really real jobs. So. No, I still don't. Yeah. <laughs> And this was at a time when the late 90s independent wrestling scene in the United States was definitely not what it was a couple of years later. It was pretty dire, you know, especially in the Northeast. The same guys, you know, and not very good. And, you know, in the wrestling scene in general, you know, I mean, WCW and WF were doing great business, but, you know, they weren't always having great matches. So, you know, you guys all getting going here with the – their video review and all that stuff and hooking up. This is a time in wrestling, wrestling history when the products weren't the best that they were. So it, it gave you guys more of a chance to, when you started writing stuff, be more free in what you were writing and even go off track. And I think that was part of, you know, the charm of the Death Valley Journal video review is when you would go off on these little 
off track little tangents and st- shit like that. You know, when you're watching that stuff. Now, you know, inter- all, internationally, it's different, though. But go ahead. We were, and we were all doing some variation of D, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, a lot yeah. of it. I mean, I, I mean, I still am, right? I mean, I mean yeah. it's, uh, you know, if, and I haven't really done any writing with Dean in, in you know, God, decades. But, but you know, every the Segunda Gaeta stuff, the stuff for the ringer, the book, I mean, it's all some, it's all Dean Rasmussen cover band shit at this point still, right? Like, you know, and I probably have at least some developed at least a little bit of my own style, but he's still like the, you know, I'm still a second wave punk band and he's the sex <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. He was the innovator. He was the yeah. innovator. And, you know, talk about the, the, the genesis of the website, you know, and Dean starting that up and starting the, the official video review. Uh, what, are your, what are your guys' memories about that? Uh, okay. Well, I can tell you right now, the idea did not come from Dean. <laughs> to me, I, I love Dean, but none of the ideas basically came from him. It was, for the most part, it was Schneider would say, let's do this. <laughs> Dean would go, okay. And then I would end up doing the work. Yeah, yeah, no, that's my style. Is I'm good at coming up with ideas. That, I'm a master of delegation. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I definitely remember setting up the board, or at least <laughs> the board starting when I was tamping. Probably. Like I, yeah. yeah. So, cause I, I, I remember like we'd go into these temp jobs and that's what I would do is my, is moderate and read the board. And I mean, to be, to be fair, I think the board technically existed before the website did. And it was more to kind of centralize everything that had been written and whatnot since and RSPW had obviously taken a turn and oh, yeah. I think everyone was looking for somewhere else to go. I, I, I was trying to figure it out. Um, the, the website definitely started around the first 500, which was November of 99. But the earliest I could find on way back is something like, um, I want to say it's like, mid 2000 but i think the the website started earlier than that but honestly a lot of it was more just literally to have a place so the stuff wouldn't get lost um and so the people, old green yeah. board preceded the website and that right. was just something set up on envision yes like at, yeah. at a town shop where it was just like yeah. i just or something where i just set it up and then that didn't have any categories it was all one thing it was, it, like, it, wasn't like, it, WordPress? it was almost wasn't like what WordPress? Discord is now. Yeah, wasn't it WordPress, yeah. though, at, at that time? Fuck, man, I don't know, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> we, 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 it's over 20 years ago. The Toast forums were May of 2003. I know yeah. this because I'm a hoarder, and I still have the email from Reds from starting that up. Um, do you so, any of, of the old the Dustin of the Day things? I'm trying to do a book. Well, see, that's the thing, you know, the message board, message board went through so many, like, you know, failures and reincarnations that so much stuff was lost, you know, as you're talking about, you know, trying to preserve the stuff, stuff got lost, you know, because of that, like, if you go way on the Wayback Machine, you could find stuff in there, in the boards there, but, like, if you clicked on the links, a lot of the times it won't have anything for you. 
Yeah, when the when we switched to our current host and the current version of the board, which has been going actually over a decade now, so it's been the longest, most stable version of the board. But after the last one, when everything crashed, the old the old people claimed that what they gave us had all the files backed up. They just had to be extracted. But upon extraction, what they gave us was just some like admin logs or whatever. So it was the final kick in the teeth from the old host company, I think. So, yeah. um, you know, and then there was the, one of the boards was lost due to the famous Dutch hackers. So, <laughs> um, Oh God, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was, there was probably, if you look, there was probably like a good year to two year period where there's virtually nothing because everything got so boned and we kept trying to fix it instead of restarting. And eventually we just decided to restart and that's what brought everything back up online. So the message board, yeah, it says, yeah, I do remember the message board being first before the website. And th that was like the gathering place. And th that's going to lead me to this, you know, whose idea was it to form the players, you know, that unit of guys that would, you know, be riding on there, like, you know, guys from the outside, you know, Pete Stein and Ray Duffy from, you know, New York, you got uh, Mike Nymark, you know, Marcel Hilly, who was local. And uh, Anthony Gankarski, and of course Tom, Tom Carroll Gassner, who's also local with you guys. Whose idea was that to to put that group together? Dean, because yeah, uh, Dean basically, you can kind of even tell it when you go through the 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 reviews. Is Dean was writing, but then he was there were people he would communicate with so much, and partly in getting his tapes or whatever. Um, it's so like Phil was the first one he added on. And I think that's partly between the training and the tapes. But I think even back then, Phil and Dean were talking constantly. And Phil, Dean was finally at the point of, you know, hey, you should start writing this. You know, um, Ray was shortly after Phil. And I think the connection with Ray is Ray was similar. It was like Ray and by an extension, Pete were, they were trading tapes with Dave, uh, Dean, because of they'd gotten, you know, hooked up through RSPW. And that eventually I think Ray had tapes for like all Japan women and stuff. And at the time, I think Dean wanted no part of that. And so like Ray would review stuff that Dean didn't want to watch, which is exactly the way I got brought in too, was Dean started, he knew he wasn't going to get through all his tapes. And he basically started farming out his tapes to, and then have people tell him what to, you know, watch and what not. And so that's the same way he would start giving me tapes and he basically would pull things out of his closet and go review this. And that's how I got brought in, too. So, um, you know, at some point, Dean started getting tapes from Japan with this guy, Glenn, uh, oh, yeah. Seneca, who would send him would tape just everything that appeared on Japanese TV and send it to him. So we get like once a month, he would get like an eight hour tape or two, four hour tapes or two, eight hour tapes full of like battle arts and Mikadoku pro and Gaia and all Japan, and new Japan and, you know, rings and pancreas and all of this stuff. And then he would, you know, sort of farm it out to everybody. So he would copy the tapes and you'd get the tapes. And then he would say, Oh, who wants to watch this LLPW? And then something would, volunteer to watch the LLPW or volunteer to watch the battle arts or volunteer to watch the Mikado Pro. And I think that was like 98, 7, 98, 
uh, time frame. I'm trying to remember again. Like I said, I'm a terrible person at it for. Yeah, this. I think it was like about '98 is you know, and when we started, and then, and then you know, Dean did that with everyone. Like he would trade. He would. I don't remember who it was. I I want to say it was Doug Cordy, but it might be. I might be getting that wrong. Dean would trade wrestling tapes so we could get pretty much any football game imaginable. So it didn't even have to be wrestling, but that's like, he would be getting, you know, he'd be trade doing those trades. So that's how we, you would end up with all this weird stuff. And that's like, literally, I, I, I wish we had smartphones 20 years ago. Cause I would have taken a picture of it. You have to, Dean literally had a closet, an entire hall closet that you would normally maybe use for like your coats and whatnot. Instead, it was entirely filled with wrestling tapes. There was, despite having tape numbers on it, there was no organization to it whatsoever. <laughs> oh God, tapes, it was like that too. Same half, thing. They, half the tapes had no labels on it. So that was always the great Dean would hand you a blank tape and you would be like, well, I don't know what I'm going to get today. Or it would just say my favorite label of all time wrestling that's how the tape would be labeled so i definitely had i definitely had a ton of unlabeled tapes or or chicken scratch where it's like i don't know what's on this. Yes, i still exactly. have some of them i didn't throw out all my tapes I, I still have a handful because dean would give me the perm tapes to index because i was willing to do it and i would go through it and the perm tapes were amazing and i know people know about them and you got up to see a lot of like the sea show stuff on it but I don't think people realize Dean would tape anything. And when I say anything, it wasn't just wrestling. And I think he did it purposely to taunt me because Dean being a Cowboys fan and me being a Giants fan, <laughs> I get random tapes would suddenly have five minutes of Emmett Smith touchdown runs on them, <laughs> you know, or, or there would be like, or sometimes it would be like, here's an entire episode of soul train. And I'll be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and it, was, it wasn't just wrestling, dude. but Dean had no idea what he was keeping. And so that's, that's how it kind of started. It was, I just, I, he would just hand me bags of tapes when I'd go to visit and literally it would be like, I don't know what's on here. Tell me if I should watch it. And so, so I, one of the things that separates Dean from a lot of like people in, in just general fandoms, I think one of the things that makes him sort of made him sort of a special person is that he was not zero interest in hoarding. Right. He, he yeah. was a guy who if he loved something, he was interested in getting anybody who he knew, all of his friends or, or strangers to love it, too. Right. So he's yeah. not a guy who's got would get some footage and then hold it hostage to get a perfect trade. Right. You know, oh, oh, this guy is awesome. Who wants me to send it to him? I'll just send it to him. Oh, send me whatever you want. HR puffing stuff, sure. You know, like <laughs> old, old, old shotgun side, I didn't care, right? Because he was much more interested in sort of in sharing than than hoarding, right? And I, and I, I think of the same spirit. I mean, I kind of like being a guy who finds something cool, and when I find something cool, it's like, man, I want everybody to to see this and share in it and get joy from it. And, and that was sort of his spirit as a person, right? He was a guy who wanted, you know, who loved things and wanted to get people he loved to love them too. And there, I think that was one of those, but that's what the death Valley driver was. Oh, man, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The other great thing that Dean had is he tended to not let other people's opinions bias him. 
mm-hmm. and he was willing to watch anything. And there was those long period of times he wanted to watch the things that were quote unquote the worst of all time. I remember him wanting the tape of uh, bandits versus bodyguards and him <laughs> reviewing that and being like, okay. And then there was the, um, that was the one that bandits versus bodyguards was like for the longest time. He was like, everyone's like, Oh, it's so bad or whatever. And no one ever had a tape. And then he finally got a tape of it. And Dean's like, ah, this isn't that bad, you know? And that was the way he was, uh, the heroes of wrestling pay-per-view. He still wanted to see despite everyone being like, Oh, it's the worst thing ever. It's not to say he wouldn't dislike things, but he wouldn't, he'd be like, Hey, I'm willing to watch stuff. And I think that's tended to be like, also where things got noticed because Dean would be like, oh, I'll still watch it anyway. And they'd be like, hey, this is actually really good. You should watch it. You know, um, I think that's how I ended up on some level with the Osaka Pro, it's, you know, and I remember being like, boy, this is really good. <laughs> so, well, see, uh, yeah, Death Valley Driver became this place where, you know, stuff like um, Torimon when it first got started. I mean, nobody was talking about, uh, you know, that much over here. Death Valley Driver was. Osaka Pro, like you're saying, you know, Dick Togo, all that's when he's over there, when he jumped to from, from Michinoku Pro to Osaka Pro, you know, that's where you read about Dick Togo, DDT, you know, all the Japanese, battle arts, for God's sakes, I mean, I, who knows how battle arts, you know, would have fared in fan following if it wasn't for Death Valley Driver Video Review, I mean, that made battle arts a thing over here, that's how I learned about it, mainly. I mean, reading you guys talking about Ishikawa and Otsuka and Ikeda and Yone and Asuda and all these guys, I'm like, man, this I got to see this fucking shit. This sounds insane, you know? And it, it was a place where you learned about all these different things. Survival to beat in Ken the Box, for God's sakes. I mean, when the legendary Death Valley Jaravita reviews. I mean, it's, it's where you learn about this wild shit that nobody was talking about because everybody was pigeonholed in either... WCW, WWF, ECW, New Japan, All Japan. That's the, that was the big five, and Lucha, you know, with some, but and so and maybe Joshi. But you get all these, you know, obscure Japanese indies. It's hard to find, and you and you guys were talking about it, and then, you know, Dean talking about the war heavyweights. You know, I remember that people used to shit on. Defy Driver because, oh, they, t- they talk about these war heavyweights and, God, they suck. They're fat guys and blah, 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 blah. Dean loved those motherfuckers, you know, and it, it made it sound so fun to watch. And it, it, it made wrestling seem like something that was fun and not something that is you need to be so highly critical of, you know? There yeah, was he was the guy who, who, you know, didn't really have a tremendous amount of interest in, in like, you know, conventional wisdom about anything, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And in some ways, the stuff that he paired, you know, went off and that I would go off on and Phil and Eric and later and Tom, that became sort of its own conventional wisdom too. But it wouldn't have been without him. Yeah, I mean, who, who would have been, I mean, who loved WCW Worldwide more than Dean? Nobody. Yeah. You know, everybody was about Nitro and, and thunder and stuff. Dean was about fucking worldwide, you know, and or and Saturday night and guys like Barry Houston and Lorenzo and Cheeks and those types of guys. That, that that's who Dean was was 
was out there talking about. And it just was, a, it was a breath of fresh air, Ripa, you know, that he, he was out there talking about these things that nobody else was really talking about. Well, I mean, I think because also partly because Dean didn't get hung up in like all like the nonsense that everyone does now and even did at the time. Dean could care less about like ratings and you know like the like the latest drama about who didn't like who or whatever. That's one of my favorite things was when Dean started writing the, the <laughs> you would constantly write they have legit heat in the back but sarcastically with the tilde bag and it would crack me up every time because <laughs> you know so it's like you know he would he just didn't he was like whatever I only I don't have time for this because for both Phil and I matches, maybe I got matches to watch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you know, Phil and I, we're 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 old now, obviously, but we were when we first met Dean, we were literally like 22, 23. Dean is was a good I think I was like 20, yeah. 20 or 21. You're you're a year younger than me. And right. Dean is Dean is the same age as my oldest sister. That's how I can always remember Dean's age. So he basically was like an older brother, you know, then. And now as you get along and, you know, you get older. So it was just he was just like, whatever, I don't have time for this. And you, and it was like he had that back then where it took me another, you know, 20 years plus having a family and kids to be like, I don't have time for any of this, you know, and he, he had mastered that so long ago to just be like, what's good or who's in matches. Cause you know, he would just look for names. And I mean, to me and his infectiousness, I gladly will watch lumpy war heavyweights with terrible hair <laughs> all the time because Dean was so enthusiastic about it, you know? And there were certain things where you're like, boy, Dean makes this seem like the greatest thing ever. You watch it, it is absolutely dreadful. But at least you were like, well, at least Dean's write up of this match was good. So, yeah, Phil's talking about the older brother thing. And I didn't have any siblings, I'm the only child. And I mean, especially when I was like, you know, early 20s, he really was like my older brother. I would, I, I, this was back when you had to pay for long distance. I would remember I had these really like expensive long distance bills because I, I would be calling Dean and Richmond and just, you know, talking about not like wrestling and syncing up on stuff, but also, you know, like life and, you know, what, what, you know, I'm having this problem with this girlfriend or I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with my a job or I, you know, whatever it is. He was the guy I would like, you know, talk to about that. He was like, he was literally like my older brother. When I was growing up and, you know, a lot of a lot of the things that I went through in my 20s, he was a guy I would, you know, go for advice and talk to about that. And, you know, so that is one of the things that's really hitting me about him time because we weren't that we weren't as close later in life. You know, things happen. You fade away. Same thing with Phil, man. I, I you know, we used to me and Phil used to talk all the time, too. I now it's, you know, every couple of years we'll check in and, yeah. you know, that's just the way life works. But, it, you know, that was one of the things about his death that hit me so hard. It's like, man, you know, I, you know, there was a period that I could have had with him that for whatever reason I didn't. And, you know, it, it, it fucked with me, you know, you move away, you move away, you move into a different part of your life. Uh, and, and, you know, you're not as close to people as you were at one point. And, and, but, you know, there was a point where he was, you know, one of the most important people in my life and one of the people I was closest to in my life. And, 
you know, for and a big part of sort of me kind of growing up and turning into an adult was sort of Dean's guidance in that. Because he was, you know, like I said, he's 10 years older than I am. So, you know, he had sort of, he had gone through the, you know, when I was going through the things I was going through, he had been through them 10 years ago, right? And had some some advice and had some wisdom and was just a guy, you know, would, would go on these road trips and we would just like talk about life on our way to North Carolina or on our way to Delaware. Yeah. We, I mean, to put in perspective of how long we've known Dean and kind of, again, how old we are, we knew Dean before he had any children. Um, yeah. So, you know, and then, and it was so funny, as like Phil said, he, but he was living, he was getting those life experiences and then he would pass on what he learned. And it was just, and they stick with you and you don't even realize it. But I like, I rem- always remember vividly one of the things he said to me was kind of like, He's like, when you have kids, you will not remember the life you had before you had kids. And damn if he wasn't right. It's like, you know, my wife and I joke where it's like the time between when we were married and we had our son, it's like you it just a blip. And it's like, what it was, I don't remember that. And it was exactly what he said. And it was just one of the, I have a few others like where Dean would, you know, just in conversation. And that's like, you know, and just either if he would come up or we were watching tapes or like Phil said in the car rides or like you would go down to his house and, you know, God bless Angie. She was willing to tolerate us being in her home. What a a saint. What a saint Angie was. So, um, you know, the dogs liked me. So I was given the pass too because the dogs didn't like all the people who showed up. I'm not going to name names. So, um, you know, Yeah, that Dean had a cast of characters that was hanging around. I remember him talking about it. You know, Satan Pro was the first one that comes to mind. You know, <laughs> and uh, I mean, just he had a cast of characters that he was always around with, and you know, that's nothing too. You guys were all so close together as well in this proximity, where you could go do these things, like when you know, go to the Super Eights, which became the unofficial like meeting place of of, of the board. You know, so many people would go every year, and I remember the pictures you guys would take, the the big photos of everybody together, you know, and it was a family. That It became a family for a lot of people, you know, that were, you know, visit the board all the time in the chat room and stuff like that, and it was ahead of it. It was ahead of its time in the internet way because yeah, Dave Meltzer had, you know, his little, you know, meet and greets and, you know, stuff like that with, with the fans back in the day where they were all hang out in these little internet conventions and shit like that. But it was just different with the DVD VR guys, you know, it was a whole cast of characters that would just would show up and everybody just would, would have a great time together watching this, this wrestling, you know? Yeah, I mean, we used to, we, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think back. I probably went with Dean to, I don't know, two dozen, three dozen shows over the years, maybe more than that, um, especially once start, stuff started getting kind of good. I mean, how many times, how many Omega trips do we make, Phil? Do you remember? Four or five, I want to say. And see, that's another promotion right there. I mean, yeah, the Hardys were in WWF, and we're starting to make a name for themselves there, but... You know, you guys that were going to the Omega shows and just talking about these just insane matches that the Hardys were having with the serial thrillers, you know, uh, Shane Helms and Mike Maverick. I mean, 
it, it made me get buy the tapes. And I bought the tapes. I was like, holy shit, this is this stuff here's amazing. You know, and turned me on to that to that, you know, group of talent that was you know, in in Omega at the time. And again, if it went for Death Valley Driver, I may not even have gotten that until many years later or something. And you guys were experiencing it live, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was that was a real I mean, those guys that that you know, I like to think that we had that part of the hype because you know, all the, you know, there were groups of people that were like that was the the hype train was for those guys, right? The early JPW, you know, Loki stuff. Oh same god, thing. yes. Yes, yes. Yes, J- um Jersey Pro, ICW, USA Pro, Loki Homicide, Hit Squad. All that is from the Death Valley Driver you know, the board and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I went, I, there was a period where, you know, we, we obviously would, right when Loki broke out, we went, we went to that super eight where it happened. Right. And then it became a period of, we'd go out down to ECWA because they'd be having these like, you know, awful cards, but they'd be made vetted by Loki, Christopher Daniels or like four away or American dragon Loki. And, you know, I think a lot of the ROH stuff, came off of the hype that we were giving that group of guys, right? Well, that, that year in general, you know, that 2001, the pre-Ring of Honor year in general, you know, where ECW closes, WCW closes, and all you have is WF, you know, as a promotion in America. There's no TNA. There's there's nothing else right there. So all we had as an alternative was the Indies. And... You know, you guys were going out there, going to the shows. Wes Hatch was, you know, beating all the bushes he could to get tapes of all these promotions. IW Mid-South, that's another one, you know, when it comes to promotions in this country. Where is IW Mid-South without Death Valley Driver? I don't know. You know, I'm sure it would have been, you know, it would have come around eventually. But, I mean, that's the careers of CM Punk, Chris Hero, Colt Cabana, you know, Ace Steel. All those guys was enhanced by the existence of Death Valley Driver, because you guys are going out and finding this stuff and watching it, spreading it out to the masses, and we were all going out and getting the tapes so we could experience it too, and it just exploded, you know? And it was all over the country, you know, whether it was stuff on, in California, whether, you know, it was um, Rev, Rev Pro, you know, Super Drag. Yeah, APW. You know, APW. You know, APW stuff. I would get, I would, you know, we would get our hands on those tapes, right? Of modest annuals and even guys like Boyce LeGrand or Bishop, you know, or Tony Bison Jones. Smith, Tony Jones, Donovan Mitchell, or yeah. Donovan uh, Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. And then, Donovan, yeah. And then, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. You know, in, in like IWMS South in the Midwest, you had the, you know, CZW, Jersey All Pro, all the New York, New Jersey Indies, you know, the other Pennsylvania Indies that were around, like PWF and uh, PCW. Then you had the, the area, you guys were in Virginia, Maryland, all that stuff. And then coming down the NWA Wild Side down here and all that stuff. So all that, you know, all that stuff was getting out there. And <laughs> it was Death Valley Driver that was, you know, spreading the word. To, to the group of fans and, get, and getting them more and more, you know, out there to them. And then they're spreading the word out there. And Ring of Honor starts a year later, and it goes from there with that. But, uh, but yeah, it was, just a, it was just a great time to be a wrestling fan, even though we, you know, we didn't have what we have now. You know, it, 
And so, uh, you know, I know Feinstein was on the Death Valley Drive. Oh, God, you? he sure was, yes. <laughs> he was poked out and spam it at two in the morning, and I would spend the first hour of pep talks I had eating like dick pics and random profanities. <laughs> so, so I know he was, he was, you know, I know that he was getting a sense of what the people that we were talking about hyping up when he was starting to do that. Obviously, he was going to shows too, but I, I mean, I do think that there was some definite Death Valley Driver uh, DNA in ROH, oh, along God, with the DNA everything. of what boys (laughs) (laughs) but but it was i once uh i once pissed on feinstein's car uh i we were going to uh, you didn't go to this right phil you didn't go to the shinya hashimoto show that was just me no don't don't get me started it's one of my biggest life regrets so because it was uh but we went to a what's that it was you marcel and tom and me, Marcel, and Tom went to go see Shinya Hashimoto work a four-way in like a back of like a community center or something like that in Pennsylvania. And I remember like Feinstein's car was there because he was taping and I had to piss. And I'm like, I'm pissing all over this guy's car. <laughs> the time, amount of time I had to spend deleting all of his like, you know, I've I've been doing I've been doing crystal at a at a rave at two in the morning. I'm gonna come on the Death Valley Driver and call every and, and say the end and type the N word five hundred times. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, he was one of the many that lurk. I mean, Brian Alvarez was a known lurker, and he stole and he stole the Tilda Bay from Dean, and it has admitted it. But uh, yeah. I mean, he was on there, and so many wrestlers on the board in the chat room, you know, as well, and. It was yeah. It was a place for them to interact with us, and they respected us. They respected the fans of the DVDR board, and it was just it. It was a place that you even in the you know in the social media age you can't really have anymore. And um, Dean was such an important part of that, you know, and, and being that guy that was like I said, the driving force behind everything. And I, I got to mention this, you know, before we continue, you know, we talk about Omega. Um, Hangman Tim, Noel, and Dave Lane, you know, they they were a pivotal part, too, of the whole thing. And Dean co-hosted Wrestling Power, Tim's show, you know, as well. You know, that was showing all this stuff on the public access. You know, I remember Ray Duffy telling me the story that he got it uh, hooked up up there with uh, his cable station up there in, in New, York, New Jersey. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it was... It was all part of that, you know, that one group that was just going to all these shows and getting this out yeah, there. Tape, Tim would tape a lot of it. That yeah, was yeah. otherwise not tape, right? Like he would tape these ECWA shows and tape the, you know, uh, the Omega shows and the, you know, North Carolina indie shows that he would go to. And he taped the the Lucha show that got me uh, involved with the. The, whatever the distribution Where he's running car- drugs for the cartel. So. <laughs> yeah. but that was Tim Knoll, and, and Dave was obviously is obviously a super talented photographer, and took like a lot of really cool pictures yeah. of that too. So those guys were, and you know they, yeah, they oh, were, yeah. Dean, right? They were yeah, Richmond Richmond crew. Tim, Tim and Dave would let Dean know about the shows they were going to be at, and like they would know you know who was on it because this again is you know the internet was there and present, but it was only a few years old. It wasn't like now where oh God, no. 30 seconds you can find every match card or whatever. So Dean would know, they would tell Dean like, hey, so-and-so is working this show. 
you should really check it out or whatever. And then Dean would either go on his own or he'd see like who else was interested in going too. So, and he would get that from Tim and Dave. So. Yeah. We'd take these trips to these ECW, these ECW is in Delaware, which yes. is about an hour and a half or a two hour, two and a half hour drive from DC. From where like we were, I could do it in less than two. Yeah. It's, but but like for the Super 8s, we would pick up people, you know, at the airport. Like I remember dropping, you know, Bill Barnwell off at the airport after a Super 8, you know, so we could sleep in the the uh, the amusement park benches until <laughs> the airport like security opened so we could catch a flight. So, you know, and that, was, that, like, that was when Bill was based out of uh, Boston, right? Northeastern when he was, was he going there then? Yeah, well, that was that was yeah around that same time and like when he was doing, uh, when we started doing veteran presence together too. So, um, but yeah, Bill was also a baby. The the amount of people <laughs> I met who were literal teenagers when they were posting on the board, who were now full fledged adults, um, you know, with lives and families and stuff, is also really weird because again it goes back to that age but yeah it goes back to you know we there was such a wide variety because who else is going to be like you know we're going to drive to a random college bar that's hosting you know like i remember driving to a show in harrisonburg at james on james madison's campus to see jc north wrestle you know and <laughs> It's like all because your dean was like, "Hey, come to the show," and I was like, "Okay," you know. So this is yeah, we were all single and twenty four, yeah. and what the else are we gonna do? Y'all go. To yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the thing, kind of like Chris. You're talking about like how the time and it's it how much is kind of like you know the butterfly flapping its wings type things because it's like we all just Phil and I went to school together and didn't have real jobs and stayed in the DC area. We're able to meet Dim, uh, Dean, you know, so we had flexibility in what we were doing. Phil's from California. So here's about like this, you know, this, this tournament's going to be held out there. And I was thinking, Hey, I can go to that and visit family, you know? So, yeah. and it, turn, you know, and it turns into be what launches a ring of honor. I mean, so, you yeah. know, which was a, yeah, a, a big DVD yeah. moment too, is that that road report and you know that being being out there. I mean that that was also just a, a, a pivotal time in independent wrestling history, right there. Yeah, for a while I saw like every low key dragon match. I was live at all of them. I know because I was live at I was live at the Super Eight. I was live at the ECWA rematch. I went to the King of the Indies in in Hayward because it was you know, I live. My parents lived in Berkeley, so that's not far. And why not? Rather have a wrestling show. I should probably go visit them anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> so I went. You know, and I went to a handful of APW shows. I remember I I saw uh, um, Giant um, Sing. Yeah. Uh, when he was training there, he just walked by that guy. I said, "What the fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Because that was like out of the early like APW, uh, um, that was before he had to go through had to go to like a, a nominal drug testing program. <laughs> and, and, and APW was like the one of the very first shows that broadcast online. So you know we were trying to get on real video 
watching that shit. And, you know, folks just don't understand, you know, the, the, the shit that we went through to try to watch shit. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that was just stuff all on YouTube, YouTube where it's all on a Google Drive and it's not, you don't have to put a bunch of tapes together in a VCR. No, it, wasn't, it wasn't Dean uploading to Mega Upload and then you, <laughs> the, the mystery that, again, it was almost like his tapes. The mystery of, was the label going to match the video and you downloaded it, you know? So... Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about what probably made Death Valley Driver fa- the, the most famous it was, the 500. Whose idea was it to do the Death Valley Driver 500? Still Snyder's. I think it was mine, yeah. And it was, and it's my idea, but I'm never the one who does the work. That's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> that's always the idea. And you, I, I don't, I've posted this a few times, but. I think what people really, really need to understand about the 500 was the whole reason we did the first one was so we could make a list that left Taz off too, just like the <laughs> 500 did. That's right. That was the reason he got left off and he got pissed. I was like, I was really want to in hindsight, I kind of like Taz. Like, it's like yeah, a, but literally, it was because we just thought it would be funny to make our own list and then leave them off, too. So, I mean, the 500 yeah. took a life of its own, you know, because it became... I mean, the PWI 500 was a big deal for fans, you know, every year. But now you have this 500, which is so opposite of Pro Wrestling Illustrated that it took on a life of its own, and... You had independent wrestlers coming to the board, and they were campaigning for themselves, and you would have uh, all that stuff going on. And then, you know, talk about their, their placements, and, you know, we had the threads after the 500 get released. And, of course, the most famous one is the one where Loki was ranked ahead of Keiji Muto in November 2001, which <laughs> took a life of its own. That was one of the wildest nights in, in, in the message board's history. I'll never forget that. You know, where Stuart, you know, who's a fucking sex pest, uh, who ran the New Japan website uh, back then, just had a literal heart attack over the fact that Loki was ranked ahead of Keiji Mudo. And I remember him calling, he called Loki like a monkey and all this other stuff. And I mean, it was just one of those deals where it was the reason why Death Valley Driver was so great, was you had this passion among people about this silly list of wrestlers and yeah it was just, it was just a crazy thing to experience is these 500 lists and when they came out and the argue arguments and who's gonna be ranked number one and all this that and the other it's just uh, so awesome I, I miss those times we used to have these like long phone conversations is what it would be we'd be in these like phone conversations and we'd be like well how about this guy i don't know he feels like he's in between these two guys and a lot of times the the placements would be like jokes like wouldn't it be funny if we put some random iwrg luchador <laughs> one spot ahead of sean michaels <laughs> We yeah. purposely put Tom for an owl better than Shawn Michaels. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, sure he is. <laughs> we'd, put, we'd purposely put tag teams with a person in between them just because it was fun. But I still have some of those emails, the wild placements where people were doing it. But that was and funny you you mentioned the five hundred, but that was some of my favorite time where when we would do live 
watch sessions. And during the match, Dean would be wildly ranking people and people would shoot up 100 (laughs) spots because they did one move in a match. And Dean would be all over the place. And some people would be in the top 10 before the match was over. And then the match ended and they would be 394, you know. After this happened, Phil, I re-listened to the podcast we did with uh, Will. Do you remember this? The greatest uh, wrestling ever one, yes. Yeah. yes. We're just like, just the insane, like, D was like, what is, it's Fidel Sierra. I'm like, well, yeah, sure, he's not the 34th best wrestler of all time. Well, the best, the best part about that was to tie the two together was on my ballot, I forgot Ricky Morton, and so I just randomly inserted him, and it was just like a 500 where Ricky Morton, we'd always forget Ricky Morton, and then just randomly would, put him in. We wouldn't forget after. him. We wouldn't forget him. We knew Ricky Morton existed. But the idea of Ricky Morton around that time is that you could plausibly make an argument for him at any virtually any position on a 500. So we would just, when we realized that we had a guy under one Osaka, his Osaka pro gimmick and his oh, big yeah. <laughs> company twice, then we just go, all right, fucking take that guy, take it, take up the high, remove him from the higher position and just put Ricky Morton there. And it would be fine if it was, if he was ranked 40 or if he was ranked 471. It's like, yeah, you can argue Ricky Morton is fine in any spot. Uh, so it wasn't we forgot for you. We knew Ricky Morton. He was just the, <laughs> yes, was just the default space uh, filler. If we realized we put the actual <laughs> list out, that for some reason we just had 278 and just 280, which is the kind of stuff we did. You know, but organizational skills, like, like I said, I come up with the idea. I'm not going to organize. The amount of emails where I have – don't listen to Dean. Dean's high. He has this guy listed to him. <laughs> and it would always be it would always be from Schneider because Phil and Dean would always have the two opposite views on random people. So. But and I'm trying to thread the needle between the two of them too. So the other but the other best part about the 500 and Dean is I literally could have just used a number a random number generator but put out a 500 and Dean would have defended the position of every single person. <laughs> well, that was the thing about the thing, right? Is when you went whatever once you made the list, then you then you you die on that lie, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there were people I hated about. I'm like, are oh, they having a good match in here? It's like you know, it's so. like uh, like Slim Charles said in The Wire: "If it's a lie, we fight on that lie." <laughs> so if it's like if this guy was 174, who knows how he ended up there? It was 174, and he's better than the guy who's 175. And I'm going to the mattresses for it. <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely. Yeah, die on that lie. Um, but yeah, I mean that was it was it was such a silly idea, and the <laughs> the amount of like agita talk that people got. I mean, I mean the whole Lance Storm thing. Oh you know, uh, yes, I was gonna bring that up. Moment story for it. You know, when you look back at that list, it's pretty glaringly how overrepresented Lance Storm is. <laughs> like his position is not the people he was upset he was behind. It's like <laughs> wow, two hundred twenty five spots too high. Half crab. I don't know how the hell is he ahead of you know. 
fuck did he end up? I had a piranha Morgan. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. A lot of like, like you know, in hindsight, you look at these lists, you're like, man, what were we thinking, man? What? The hell? <laughs> I know. I mean, the reviews too. Same thing. Where it's like you read these reviews, like, shit, man. I once I thought I thought that at one point, huh? Okay. Oh, oh, I hate reading my old reviews. There's so few that I'm like, oh god, I like this match. What was I thinking? You know, so which is really funny because we used to make. One of the infamous things that we used to love to make fun of Dean for was, you know, he one review. God, he compared Greg Gagne to some like I think it was like the American Jumbo Saruta or something (laughs) like that, (laughs) which is possibly the greatest thing that was ever written. Um, We also used to make fun of him because their Dean was like really into jeff jarrett and it's like you know we were like oh what is he talking about now it's like hey jeff jarrett he's ahead of his time i mean he was ahead of his time and and a lot of the stuff he was we we do you know (laughs) i mean but then there was like weird things that dean for like the longest oh god phil might remember there was some there was a there was a joshi wrestler that dean absolutely hated for the longest time and I can't remember who it was. Was it Miami Toyota? No. Well, what we maybe. I mean, we were definitely. I definitely got into a, a fair number of internet. See, now I don't do this <laughs> shit anymore. I, mean, I don't get into <laughs> fights with people about things I don't talk about. Things I don't like. Yeah. Uh, so not, I don't get into arguments. About it's it. not worth. But, and, and but it's, I, wor- it's worse now than it was back then, too. Way yeah, worse. maybe. I don't know. People are people are more irrational now. I have a Death Valley driver flame war. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but uh, but no, I remember. So I mean, my Minami Toyota, we were all really low voters on because you didn't sell, and that was I a big think, yeah. thing. You, know, you had to sell. You had to, you oh, had to make the. That you was, had to make make me believe that what was going on was a professional wrestling match. And Minami Toyota was sort of the 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 sort of harbinger of of that kind of PWG young bucks kind of thing where you just do a million moves and they're cool moves and it means nothing. And yeah. so we, and I used to, we used to all the time, at least I was, cause I was like, man, nah, she's no good. We were like, what do you see? Oh my God. She wrestled for 60 minutes and never slowed down. I'm like, yeah, she didn't slow down. Slow down. That was definitely. What am I even watching? That so like was the, definitely the group that hated us the most back in the day were were the really obsessed Joshi watchers because we didn't <laughs> like what they liked. And I think that was part of the reason Dean started farming the tapes out to everyone else so we didn't have to review it. Because that's how I started. Literally, I was like second review in and Dean's like, here, here's LLPW to review. I was like, what? <laughs> well, it's like back, was, back, back then it was like, you know, yeah, like my, 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 it's LLPW. You know, it's like, yeah, Manami Toyota, but you know, you know, like Momo Nakanishi was the hot, you know, thing in, in, in Joshi wrestling at the time. And, you know, I definitely, I definitely spent a lot of uh, writing shitting all over her. <laughs> But but you know, and, it, it, uh, and, and you know, like I said, it's not it, that that's something you do when you're 20, not 40, right? Like I just don't. I still write a lot about pro wrestling, but I don't really write. I don't really look for you know like secret cows to stab. Well, you that's why I don't really cow. I don't really watch much at all, and I feel bad because Dean had gotten really back in, and I don't think people realize this. The last few years. 
Dean had gotten really, really back into I, wrestling. I didn't he, know. I didn't know either. Yeah, he had he because he was posting it all on the board, and you know, and he because he retired because of his health problems, and he just watched wrestling. And it was not only was he watching the stuff he could find online, which was the normal stuff you would expect. Dean, he was watching all the weekly shows. Like Dean, if you had to order the stuff in the back in the day. WWE was the last thing Dean was going to spend his time on. Oh, the mismanagement. You know, he was even he was even watching those shows, and he would put up a recap. Now, he obviously dug AEW more, um, but he yeah, but he would write up every NXT show and every you know, yeah he was he was and, I mean, not not to the extent that it would be like a death eye every day. So it would be much more like just a paragraph. It was literally it was kind of like stream of conscious as he was watching it. Um, and like there was like a period like last year and, and one of another of my regrets is not taking advantage. I kept thinking Dean's gotten back into writing. I need to get him to focus and do some of this so I can put it into a Death Valley driver. Um, and because I've, I've for the longest time, I've always said my goal is to drag us kicking and screaming to get 200 issues. And I we kind of got to do it now, right? I plan on it. Trust me, there's enough writing that people haven't read of Dean's, which was kind of what I was doing the last few issues. Was I found a lot of lost Dean writing because it was on the me old message boards, things like that. But even current message board stuff, you know, Dean would write. Like I, I, he. There was a couple times last year. He out of random, he was like my top 50 women's workers right now. It was like completely out of the blue. Dean just decided to randomly rank 50 women's wrestlers. Yeah, you know? he would just watch, he would just watch YouTube and yeah. then he would post like the, he'd watch 20 things and post the four he liked the best. And he had like yeah. a long on Death Valley Driver. He would do that, but he wouldn't write that much about them, but he would just say, no, no, no. This is the best. She, this is the best uh, current British women's independent wrestler, and she's having a match against the third best current <laughs> British women's independent wrestler. We're like, oh, well, okay, if you say he so. Loved, buddy. He uh, loved, I don't know how much that stuff I watched, but I would loved, like. I'd make sure. He loved Masha Slamovich. He loves her. He loved her. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one. You know, if you basically did the stuff that Dean liked 20 years ago. If you're still doing it now, Dean was still digging it. You know, so um, and, you know. For the period I was doing the ringer three matches thing, you know, I was back into watching a ton of current wrestling too. Yeah. Because uh, the old OCD part of my brain that would think up things like the 500 would be when I have like this assignment to find the best match of the week. Well, it's like, fuck, I got to watch, you know, I got to, I guess I got to watch this, you know, four indie shows to figure out which one of these, you know, Speedball yeah. Mike Bailey matches right about this week. So I would always, I mean, I was, I was getting into his thing because I could find stuff that I could write about. Um, so I was, I think we, it's kind of funny, like both of us were sort of getting really into at this last year or so, getting in more into, uh, modern current wrestling, me more out of necessity than anything else. Right. Cause and I got a gig. That's what, that's what's so ironic is like Dean and I were ebbing and flowing at different times because there was like, what was it? It's probably already five, seven years ago. Like I was heavily back into it. Like when Chris Hero was having like the second greatest indie run that anyone's ever had. And I was like watching all his matches and I was going to like the, uh, 
Virginia pro wrestling shows or whatever. And Dean was barely watching wrestling. And that it's like, I kind of fell off a of wrestling when the pandemic hit and Dean, because he had nothing else to do, got way back into it also. And so I think that was part of the problem with recent trying to get us to do more for like the website and stuff too. There was a period where it was really great was we, when we first started like, you know, the Twitter account and stuff. And Dean, we had Dean was even like tweet live tweeting and stuff too. But it was like for things like TNA when it was still TNA before they switched to Impact and stuff yeah. like that. He, he, like, that's what he was watching too. So it's that's, really, that's what you, you know. expect him to watch too. It was TNA. Yeah. You know, TNA well, seemed he, like perfect for a Dean video review. There, he was like probably one of three people watching current wow you know <laughs> so um there's a, like there's a, there's like there's another random you know like if there was a random fed that's on t that had tv or a youtube feed that dean could watch he watched it but he was watching the wow mlw he legitimately i think was the only person watching championship wrestling um <laughs> i don't even know if that's still on the air or not i you know so um but he, yeah it's like if basically if dean could find it either on youtube or if it showed up on a station he'd been watching it you know so it's i think that's one of those i gotta i i'm gonna have to start pulling in so it can be also archived because I'm sure the board's going to blow up again at some point or something's going to happen. And I don't want to lose that stuff too. So, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned AEW while ago. I mean, Tony Khan was on the message board years ago. I mean, he was a poster on there, coach Tony K and, you know, between the, the message board and us doing the best of the 80 sets, I mean, that went a long way into AEW becoming a thing. And, and, and it goes back to Death Valley Driver. So, I mean, just think about that, you know, as a legacy for Death Valley Driver. I mean, I, I interviewed, I, I had Tony Khan on Way of the Blade when I was doing my Way of the Blade podcast. And we talked, you know, for a while, it was a long conference, like an hour and a half on mic, but probably talked an hour plus off mic. And he was just going into like, stuff he remembered from the death valley driver boards and like he remembered uh, writing up a big uh launch versus the world thing about robert gibson and he'd understand why people weren't more into robert gibson i mean that dude wasn't just on the board that guy was on the board he was absolutely you know what i mean absolutely. like not it's a there's a difference right like that dude was in the in the mix yeah. in a way like much more than just showing up every once in a while like absolutely. And, and remember it all right remembered stuff i didn't remember obviously we've clear that my memory is is shit but but he was like he you know he remembered it he was he was into remembered old you know message board feuds and and stuff so that, <laughs> that guy you know it's not just just that, like oh yeah that was he was on death valley driver once or twice oh no like, no, no he no, was no he was in, he was in there and i think he does have definitely some you know and he you know I read Segunda Caida too and talked about reviews that I wrote from that. I mean, that guy, you know, he was, he was a poster, like a real, and you could tell sometimes when he gets into it on fucking Twitter that there's that, that poster is in there. Yeah. Um, and that's crazy, right? Like that was some dumb shit that we were doing. And now that, that, you know, they're about to sign a billion dollar television contract. 
I know it's crazy. And you know, obviously, I'm not saying that there's we have a gigantic impact on that, but not zero, right? At the end, it's not a zero. It's not zero impact. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it's it's there. I mean, it's there. It's undeniable. And um, I mean, it's still you know a a thing for the legacy of the board is that that it was so key in that you know being the thing and other independent promotions as well and uh, you know and and people getting into wrestling that were readers of the board i mean again uh, it's all part of the big legacy of uh of of why it's so important and why dean was so important and being a big big you know part of it you know that happening and and that's the thing too is you know we talk about all this stuff that um you know, all these fights and stuff and message board drama and social media drama. Dean was never part of that, really. Dean was always so positive. He was looked at as a guy who was, he was just Dean, you know. Nobody really wanted to come at Dean. They would come at you, Schneider. God knows they came at you. Come at me. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't afraid of it. But yeah, you're right. They wouldn't come at Dean. No. Right? There's people who hate my fucking guts and loved him, right? There's a couple of people, there's a couple of special people who went after <laughs> Dean, but they didn't last very long. <laughs> but also they they legitimately clearly had some mental issues because it wasn't just like, hey, we're on a message board. It was like they would do personal things and it's like, yeah, that's not gonna fly. So, you know, if you wanted to see Dean mad, that was probably the only way you were gonna do so. And so, yeah, otherwise, yeah, he was letting, he, he was the king of letting us do the dirty work for him so his hands can be clean, you know, so Phil is in the feuds with everyone, and people hate me because they think I'm Schneider, so, you know, <laughs> and everybody loves me, I've, I've, I've aged into a beloved uh, senior figure, I don't think anybody really is a bummer. <laughs> You become, uh, you become yeah, Nick, back in the day. You become Nixon. Now, I, I had once some guy try to fight me at a Chikara show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, you become Nixon post presidency now. You know, <laughs> yeah. it loves me now. But yeah, like that. No, but it's imp- it was impossible to hate Dean. You'd go out with him, and he'd be drunk, and he'd have, you know, the the random people signing his belly at the drunkle for show you know <laughs> so it's like he couldn't it was just you know i mean it was rare generally you know yeah dean tended to stay above the fray for one way or another which was i loved them love him, love him, love him, but it made my life difficult at times when you're trying to moderate a message board and dean is basically letting everyone go oh yeah that's fine and i'm like oh crap <laughs> so, i mean the- i'm gonna navigate this today you know so it's easy it's easy when the people would go you know, just decide to make it very easy. Like Phil said, you have people who are just like, hey, we're going to post porn. Oh, that makes my life really easy. You know, so. Although we had the whole porn thing for a while. That was oh, a big again, and I, I, I Chris, I, I don't know if you know this. We, you know, speaking of Tony Khan or whatever, and there's always this talk about Tony with the sleeve, the infamous sleeves thread. Yeah. And I, you know, my, I always bring up the fact that the, the talk about timing 
the only reason the sleeve thread existed is because I wasn't there because I was off doing better in presence. Because if I was around, that thing would have been shut down and moved on after like four posts. So yes, it's like, it would have been. You know? Because you 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 rule with an iron fist. <laughs> it's you know, have not, to. I, I think I probably for lost my login for the moderating uh, part of DVD VR like twenty five years ago and never bothered to get it back. So I every wasn't doing every that. once in a while. Phil will show up in the moderator section, but it's usually, "Hey Ripa, can you find me some Dustin of the Day reviews? <laughs> Somebody find that for me. I've got this book." <laughs> 70% written that's just waiting to write the last trying to get Tom to write oh good like, luck with that and see, and see that was the thing yeah that people forget the sleeves thread came along in like what 2006 2005 2000, it was like 2005 or 2006 because I I started doing veteran presence in 2004 so I was gone for a few years so so yeah so that that's yeah that's when it started so it, it was at a time of the message board and the website where, you know, the players wasn't really as active. It was, you know, mainly, uh, you know, Pete and Ray and Dean and, you know, probably doing Saguna Kaeda. Yeah, Tom was around. You were you well, were, and you were doing- he added. You know, if you look at the Dean, also at time because you can see during that period when I transferred everything over to Dean, you can also. So if you look at the archives, you can see when I stopped doing the website and it went to Dean, because that's what it went back to the, oh, sweet Lord, these colors do not combine. And how am I reading this? And, you know, but they were like, that's when Dean also, you know, like Raven Max started writing for, uh, you know, uh, things like that, too. And part of it is Dean, God love him, did not say no to anyone. And pretty much if you asked him, do you be like, sure, you can write or, you know, sure, you can be a moderator. Because after there were people, I was like, who are these people? And Dean sometimes, I think because it entertained him, there were a couple of instances Dean would purposely pick like a moderator who everyone hated just because he wanted to see what happened. <laughs> so, you know, um, I, I mean, to this day, like we were just talking about it uh, like a month ago. Dean was excited because for some reason um, there are some posters who get very passionate about the NBA playoffs and lose their mind and without fail two or three of them end up getting banned during the nba playoffs and dean gets excited because he goes who's gonna gap in this year and you know so it's 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 literally i can't it's like clockwork and i think that's where you get the enjoyment from too so and see that that, you know also that was another thing with the board you know when the board went to the the sub forums you know i remember the politics forum became you know, a huge fucking problem at one point in time. And, uh, you know, it, because the, the board used to be just one straight board. Everything was on one thing, you know, and then you get to these sub forums where, you know, people were, some people hang out more in the politics. Some people hang out more in the sports. That's where I would be at a lot of the times. And, you know, then you had, of course, everybody was at the wrestling part, but Dean, Dean was everywhere. Music. I mean, Dean, that's nothing. Dean's love of music. We haven't even talked about I mean, good lord! I mean, he he knew just about anything about music. He was a savant when it came to music. He was a really pretty talented musician too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was really singer and had a lot of. I mean, as you can imagine, he's a guy with a lot of charisma, and he had a lot of charisma. I saw him perform a couple of times. He had a lot of charisma as a performer too. Um, 
and he was in a bunch of bands and the, you know, in Richmond and Richmond sort of punk rock and independent music scene for a long time too, which is a whole nother part of his life. If you look at some of the, a bit, you know, people. Yeah. Right it. I was about it's, to say, uh, there's a whole nother world he was in that barely that folks on the wrestling side know. And like, you know, if you, as Phil said, if you look at like some of the tributes or on his Facebook or whatever, the folks from the Richmond music scene, you know, um, but also Dean's love of music was infectious too, and through his family. And you could tell the stuff he loved doing too, where he constantly posted, you know, videos of his son playing guitar, that was, you know, and you could tell how thrilled he was. Um, I had someone mention it to me. They're like, I can't go to Dean's Facebook page. He's like, because I can't watch those videos right now. I'm not ready for that because you could tell how much that meant to Dean and the music, you know, that was going on too. And yeah, like I know so many people were introduced to music because Dean was like, Hey, you should check them out. Like, you know, Hey, listen to Roxy music, you know, or something like that. And because again, Dean was like your older brother and Dean would be like, you'd be like, I've never heard of this. And Dean would be like, yeah, cause when, you know, they were popular 10 years ago, type deals. Now you want to get into them type deals. So. Yeah. I mean, again, Dean was ahead of his time in that way as well. And you mentioned the kids. I mean, you go to his Facebook page, that man loved his children and they loved him, you know, I mean, it, what a great father Dean was as well, man. I mean, you guys, you know, Phil, you, I mean, both of you guys, I mean, you've seen, you, you've seen it personally up close. I mean, yeah. great father. Yeah, and it, that's the, you know, part that hit me the hardest. You know what I mean? Like, you got, I got, I got kids and, and, you know, this idea of at some point you're not going to be around for them anymore. And, you know, it just, it's gutting. I, and that's kind of like the way I would, the, the lens that I kind of viewed this from in a lot of ways. And one of the reasons I got so emotional about it is just cause you know, like I got, I got a couple of little, you know, a son who's, you know, I'm his best bud. He's six and I got a daughter just turned three. And, and, you know, it's like, man, I, you want to think that you're going to be able to take care of them their whole lives and you just aren't. And, and I know that, why well, I mean that, 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 that part of it really got to me. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, when you have kids, you're just not as a lot of your armor goes away. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and, and I have, yeah. it feels, it feels like kids are older. You know, I got little kids. He's got older kids. And, and Yeah. I mean, I have a child who's literally entering college in the fall. And, that's you know, <laughs> I, uh, and that's what I said. And I so like I and I, as I said, we knew Dean before he started before he had his kids and. Dean knew me before, like I, I remember, and Phil was on this trip too. It was on one of the Omega trips. I had just started dating my now wife, and I and the guys teased me because at one point I broke away to call just to check in or whatever, and you know, and Dean was teasing me, but it was the same thing about like, you know, and it it does because you know, it's just way too young when you think about it. I mean. I lost, you know, and Chris, you were talking about it too, you know, kind of like the losses you've had recently. And you're just like, it's just constant. You're like, it shouldn't be this way, you know? And that's kind of the the part that always you're trying to process where, you know, you have your own regrets. Like, oh, I wish I had, 
you know, we always talk about, I always wish I, you know, I had one more phone call or, you know, chat with them, tell them. But if you think about, you know, the family, who did, you know, who, who as much as we all adored Dean, you know, just I can imagine, you know, the million times more his family felt that way about him and just not ha- and you know, dealing with, you know, having to deal with that loss. And that's why I, you know, I always think about it, like as Phil was saying, and it's one of those things where maybe, you know, unintentional or not the small amount of comfort that I know um, both from what's posted and what was said to me privately, you know, a lot of the the memories and whatnot we've all had and expressed about Dean has been of comfort to the family. So there is a small piece that, you know, at least there's that, but you're also just trying to, you know, rectify in your mind, you know, what they're going through and with your own feelings too. And like Phil was saying, I don't even want to picture what it would be like, you know, not being around from, you know, my family too. So it, that's when you're old, I, I shouldn't say when you're just older, but it, you know, as we get more in age, these are the things we think about and we deal with more, which just, you know, sucks. So, yeah, uh, his daughter Annabelle wrote a uh, post on Reddit, you know, thanking everybody for everything that they had been uh, writing about Dean and sharing about Dean and how that was, you know, uplifting to her and the, you know, and the rest of the family reading all this stuff, you know, Angie, you know, her mom and everything seeing, you know, how much people love Dean and how much people were influenced by Dean and everything. And yeah, I mean, that goes to show you, like I said, you said maybe two people or so. I mean, that, if if you got just like two people that don't like you, if and you're an online personality, you're doing pretty damn good for yourself. You know, I mean, the fact that everybody pretty much has positive memories about you and stuff like that. I mean, very few could say that Dean was one of those guys that could say that, you know, and that's his legacy is that it was being so beloved by everybody in the community pretty much. And, and yeah, I mean, it's just, um, it's crazy, you know, and we, when you lose somebody like this, you also have to look at the way that, Hey, look how much time we did get to spend with, with this person, whether it be online or, in person, you know, some people aren't, you know, don't have that luck, you know, some people lose their, you know, lose their loved ones at a very early age, you know, when they're children and stuff like that, they don't, they don't have that experiences with them like, uh, like, you know, others do. So we're lucky to have had those experiences with Dean, you guys, especially, you know, in person and us online. And, uh, I mean, he had a big influence on my life. You know, the, the, my life is not the same as it would have been if I hadn't met him, for sure. Oh, I'm not, God, yeah. I'm not just being this. This is a little bit, right? Like a lot. Not only the sort of impact he had in my twenties, but you know, even like I'm, you know, for the last couple of years, you know, like I've that's been a big, you know, I've made a living doing wrestling stuff, and there's no way I would have had that happen if I hadn't had the opportunities I had for him and him, him sort of paving the way, right? No, zero chance, right? Absolutely. Zero chance, like. Well, zero chance I get a job at the ringer, zero chance any of that stuff happens for me uh, without him. And, you know, and like I said, I'm I'm just doing I'm just doing a Dean cover act 
And there are people who are doing Phil Schneider cover acts, man. It's like there are their levels to this game, right? There are guys Absolutely. who are doing me or doing Eric or doing Tom's writing and or doing the or doing a version of a guy who's doing a version of me or Eric or Tom, and we're just doing a version of Dean, right? Like and all of that stuff is just all so much of the writing that's done about this about wrestling is done from people who sort of went to that learning tree. He's the velvet underground man. Every, maybe there wasn't a lot of people at the concert, but every one of them formed a band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I kind of, <laughs> you know, Jack Benny was like that in Hollywood. I mean, you know, look at like Johnny Carson, st- Jack Parr and guys like that. They stole so much shit from Benny. And then look at all the people that were inspired by, by those guys. You know, it all starts somewhere. There is always a Genesis and then everybody's, you know, following along. Well, and like Phil was saying, it's like the positive impact that, you know, Dean has had on my life is, you know, it's so, it's innumerable. I mean, there's so many different ways and the impact he can make in such a quick time and the impression he can leave. Like, you know, I had to tell my mom, you know, because Dean, you know, I posted that picture online, Phil and Dean, which are my favorite photo, dancing at my wedding. And I have pictures of, you know, Dean talking with my mom and my mom, you know, would still to this day randomly, you know, be like, oh, how's your friend Dean doing and stuff like that. And because she always, it's like one of the few people from my wedding that, you know, she remembered and she would always be interested because she remembered having those conversations and whatnot. And, you know. I just, it's, you know, it's just, I, if you ever asked me to go along with that, if what my favorite Dean review was, I'd actually say it was Dean's review of my wedding. And Phil, I remember this because Phil and Dean showed up and they were settling in thinking they were going to be suffering through like an hour and a half Catholic mass. <laughs> the actual wedding was done in 20 minutes and Dean was go, just goes, this is the best wedding I've ever been to. And I was like, okay, I'm sold, you know. Um, so, um, but you know, as I keep going back to you, it's like, he was that big brother who you would love you. If you made him laugh, that was the thing. If you made him laugh, you felt like you did something. And I, I knew, and I would know it will also make him happy. I remember I would do every year for his birthday. I would do the guys in the NFL older than Dean. Oh, and yes. that that list would shrink every year, but I know while it was teasing how, because of his love of football, how much he enjoyed it. And it was like, you know, and I think Phil can test this too. When you were in person or on the phone with him or whatever, or something you wrote, if you could make Dean laugh, it was, it was so worthwhile. And, you know, it validated what you were doing. You were like, okay, you know, I'm actually, I, I, you know, I'm not terrible about this. I'm not just mashing a keyboard trying to come up with something. I mean, I pale in any what anything did Dean ever wrote, but I was like, you know, able to cobble together some thoughts that, you know, belied my interests and whatnot. And because of the subforms, even if Dean wasn't in there, I, I met so many people, discussed so many movies I would never have watched and fallen in love with if it wasn't for the board or met people that it turned into like kind of like my community and whatnot and various interests because you know in my personal life i don't have people i can talk about 
these movies, these video games, these TV shows, these sporting events where I'm not going to wander onto Reddit and have these conversations or whatever, because these are the people who've been here for a while. And it's because of Dean and they found their community, which we've tried to foster as we've all grown older and, you know, wiser and being, you know, try to be better, uh, you know, people in general too. So and I think that goes back to just, you know, the legacy Dean was setting up and trying to foster and just the way he was too, because he was so kind of accepting and welcoming, you know? So, you know, you didn't have to deal with me or Schneider or Ray or Pete or anyone, but he wanted, he wanted us in that fold. So, you know, it's really difficult to deal with Pete. Well, <laughs> and Pete was you know, I mean, still... Pete, Pete and Dean go way back. I mean, because they were RSPW in in the early nineties, you know, and that in those days they go they go back further than most people do online, you know. You'd invite Pete to your house for like a party, and he'd bring like a thing of snacks, and they just eat it himself. <laughs> so you're not going to offer me a pretzel? You're sitting in my living room. Just sit there with the pretzel. <laughs> Shit. Because <laughs> it's getting too morbid, I feel like I'm gonna bust some balls here. <laughs> well, you have to. It's your. It's the only way for you. And and yet, and yet you talk about you know making Dean laugh. I mean, I only got to speak with Dean a couple of times. Was on the old Saguna Kaida, you know, blog talk radio podcast. Phil, you remember you remember those days when you, I mean there'd be like eight people on the fucking line, you know. <laughs> It is just me. Everybody's fighting to get in, get in their words, you know, get in edgewise and stuff like that. And, you know, the, just the fact that Dean was on there, you know, with us and stuff. And, you know, I made Dean laugh a few times because, and that was my purpose was to pop Dean saying some stuff. So the fact that I got to do that, yeah, definitely was satisfying. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, those, those podcasts or something, I wish they were still in existence because, God, we have, we had a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of people on there, but we had a lot of fun. Doing those shows and Dean was a was a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah, those were a lot of fun. I feel like, why well, I should probably should have tried to monetize that or something. And so just <laughs> well, many, you know, we're, we think how many Patreons are uh, How many Patreon uh, subscribers do you have? Just reading the fucking Observer. How'd you come up with that goddamn idea? <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes you oh, know, sometimes, sometimes four and a half hours of of uh, of Bix going. Yeah, it was I'm not sure. Was that a was that Scott Casey? Uh, <laughs> oh God! But I'm having a flashback to Phil Schneider wanting to run a Death Valley Driver wrestling card. Oh my God! Oh. <laughs> and where 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 I would like to point out half the wrestlers that were going to be booked, he wanted to pay in weed. So. <laughs> Well, I'm still going to do that. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, you <laughs> knocked this out. Thankfully, Dean had no interest in that, so that died on the vine. But there was a few people who were way too into that. I'm, I'm, that that's that's still going to happen. Um, I have to have a doll like a Dean Rasmussen over 300 pound battle royal, as a fucking memorial or something like that. <laughs> Which probably would be half the guys we were going to book 20 years ago. <laughs> Maybe Osamu Tachikari is still alive in Japan. You could fly him in 
to uh, do a tribute <laughs> spot for Dean. Because Dean, oh. that's one of Dean's all-time favorites right there. God, he loved him. Oh, God. The things that Dean, I still remember, like, his obsession with hair. Otherwise, I would have never known about Jim Trafficant. But <laughs> Dean's obsession with Jim Trafficant's hair was, was a good source of material for a good five years, I want to say. So, I mean, that's the thing we got to say. That dude was funny. Yeah, I I think people were, you know, we're talking a lot about the sort of value of community and the, but yes, all of that's great. Oh, Dean was a fucking dude. He was a hilarious writer. He was a hilarious guy to like bullshit with on the phone or in person. I mean, that guy was, you know, really, 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 really funny and charismatic and charming of a guy to be around. Um, and you know. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't when, know. When, like, when, you know he would, when he would come into the chat room, you know, the old chat room, it would be like Norm walking into Cheers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way everybody was like, Dean, till the bang, you know. It was just every, everybody would, would, would do it all at the same time and shit. And, you know, it, it's what he was. He was the Norm in Cheers to Death Valley Driver in that way, you know. Just the, the charisma yeah. and just everybody loved him. Yeah, I mean, he was so I you know I want to you get kind of you know very emotional and and you know thinking back and stuff like that. But I mean, that was what his one of his geniuses was. That guy was a hilarious writer and a and a real charismatic, charming guy. And that's how he was able to build such a community, right? Is that he was you know you'd want to be hang around him because you just want to hang around him because you want to be. Uh, because he's, you know, was was such a charming, funny guy to be around, right? Absolutely. And you know, it was it was never a dull moment. And the other, that was the other beauty was he didn't take himself too seriously. So he was hysterical, but also he could take a joke. Oh yeah. And so that was the other thing, is, you know, where we all know people who can dish it out, but even the slightest ball busting back and it's like you insulted their mother where you know dean was was so quick with a laugh you know if you got him good so it, it's just that was that whole thing idiotic thing where he did the the death valley driver hollywood what the hell was uh, that? I, I don't know which one of you came up with that that still irritates me and i don't know how <laughs> I, that. I think i might have been dead. Yes, and just insult each other. <laughs> and some people actually thought that we were legitimately oh, yeah. having it was it was somehow our harebrained scheme to lead up to Death Valley Driver 100. It was the 10 issues leading up to 100. And I don't know what we were thinking. It was me, you, and Neymark. So we got the better end of that deal. <laughs> we had Tom too. Oh, and no, Tom wasn't writing for a long time. <laughs> you really have had a lot of concussions. No, he wasn't He wasn't part of that. No, not until way later. <laughs> it was me, you, and Neymark on uh, Foghat because we just kept writing Slow Ride because that was Foghat's song. <laughs> and it, was, it was Dean, Ray, and Pete. Where the other were Holland games. So, <laughs> <laughs> but 
Oh, like, that was really oh stupid. But, but I remember we <laughs> it was really insult, stupid. <laughs> we just insult each other and like, you know, and I remember there were people like, man, I really hope you guys can, you know, repair your relationship. But like, we didn't really have a random dummy. We're writing on the same fucking site. <laughs> and, and, you know, I remember. How do we bring up work? <laughs> and, 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 and get back to what Ripple's talking about with Dean Tech and Joe's. I mean, you know, in the early 2000s, you know, Dean loved the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he that was a passion of his. Yeah. They were not good in the early 2000s. I mean, no. they, had, they had a year here and a year there, but they were not good. And Dean took a lot of abuse, you know, for people online, you know, a lot of a ball busting about that. But you know what? He stayed true to those damn Cowboys through and through. And uh, he took it in stride, man. And, you know, God bless him. You know, I mean, it, it, that was another thing was getting those, you know, NFL Sunday discussions. Of course, you know, especially, you know, when Ripa's Giants started winning the Super Bowls, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, it, it just... It was funny because, I mean, we were busting each other's balls about football, but, you know, no, it wasn't nothing that nobody was taking seriously, you know? That's one of the things I'm going to miss the most about this upcoming season is because Dean, the last few years on Sundays, would do is, <laughs> as the game would go on and the Cowboys were doing well, he would just post all he would post. His post would just be, Dak, till they bag. <laughs> And he would get, he would just increase the font bigger and bigger as the game went on. So by the time the game ended, it would be like 72 point font. For, and that was the entire post. And that was just it. So, uh, yeah. And it's just, I, it's, he also, I think, you know, he was still into, he would pay attention to XFL, the new USFL the whatever death knell CFL that's still lurching along right now. But even if he, people would still send him a like, Dean, there's this random game in Germany. And suddenly Dean would be posting clips from a oh, absolutely. football game. Yeah. The World so, League, when the world League yeah. was going and, and, and remember, I remember that shit that people were finding from, uh, Oh God, one of those European countries and they, and they put it out there. And I mean, he was just like a kid in the candy store watching that type of shit. He loved yeah. it. He loved it, and that was Dean. That was Dean, and that, that's you know one of the things that was special about him. You know, was his his ability to have joy in anything that he watched. You know, it's, it's an amazing so, person. So I I thought one of the best sort of a lot of people doing tributes to him. And I thought really the one one of the people who said it the best I, I, was a. Uh, a buddy of mine, Owen Ellickson, who was an old DVDVR poster, who ended up being like a Hollywood writer. Um, writes for like the off, for like the Office, and writes for a bunch of things down there. And he became kind of a Twitter guy. And he wrote, which I thought is a real good summary. He said, "R.I.P. Dean Rasmussen. He helped people love stuff more, which is one of the best damn things you can do." And I thought that was just a a great summary of of, of that. Right? Perfect. Because that's what it was, man. He, you know, like he was a guy who, you know, whether it was music, whether it was football, whether it was wrestling, you know, helped you love stuff you love more. And, and, and that kind of enthusiasm he had for the things he loved, so infectious and so, you know, inspiring in a lot of ways. Absolutely. 
All right, well, we'll close this out now. Um, Rip, I'll start with you. Your uh, your final thoughts. I, I think I think it's going to be one of those things where, for better or for worse, uh, I think we're gonna. It's gonna it's gonna hurt for a while, um, but you know you could just say it's. It's because you care, and the there's going to be things that I know I'll get, you know, those random, damn, I wish I could talk to Dean about this right now. But I'm so thankful that I had the opportunities that I did to have those conversations, share our mutual love of wrestling, football, whatever it was, Um you know, and we'll we'll keep trudging on for now. Um, and then I just hope that you know um, this kind of this time um, that you know there these kind of discussions and memories and whatnot are a small comfort to his family. Um, and, and you know the, we truly are going to miss Neen, and as he used to say, for everything, you know. He was number one in the best. Absolutely. Schneider? Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, we all have people in our lives who have really affected us and and, and made our lives better. Dean was like that for me. And sort of my takeaway from this is if you have somebody in your life who's like that, you know, let them know the effect they had on you. Absolutely. I had a couple inter- fun interactions with Dean over the last couple of years, but we weren't as close as we were when I was younger. And, you know, and, and part of me is really regretting that I didn't have a chance to really tell him what he meant to me. Um, and so if there's somebody like that that you're thinking about, haven't talked to in a while, you know, call him up, say hello, tell him you love him, because you don't know when you're not going to have a chance to do that anymore. Absolutely. So I love both of you guys. Love you so too, I love you, buddy. Love you too, brother. Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been we've been doing this round and round now for a long time, and uh, we're still standing. A lot of a lot of people that were around when we were around ain't ain't online no more. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're in their own other world. You know, and a group of us are still around and still able to talk to each other and do things. And you know, hey, it's uh, it's great that we're still we're still here. It's great that we were able to do this show. And, um, it definitely, we want, uh, everybody to, um, you know, find anything and, uh, like I said, go to the internet wayback machine, archive.org, search on deathvalleydriver.com, go and read the, the old video reviews. You know, some of you people that maybe listen to the show weren't even alive when this stuff was going on. Cause it's been over 20 years now, or, I mean, you were too young to remember it. Or didn't experience it. So go back, read Dean's reviews, read everybody's reviews, and fall in love with with wrestling like we fell in love with wrestling back then. Yeah. yeah. Find something you love and share it with people. Absolutely. Because that's what Dean was all about, man. Like if you find something you love, whether it's a book, it's a movie, it's a song, it's a wrestling match, it's whatever it is, you know, say, go, go find that and then go share it with. 20 people and you know that's that's the tribute man because that was what he that was what is that guy was all about was enjoying things and then letting everybody else know about it absolutely absolutely 
Well, on that note, that is it for us. That's you know that's the only plug we need to do is plug the uh, the old Death Valley Driver uh, website on the on archive and go and read Dean's uh, reviews in recent times on the message board now. You know, go read some of the stuff that he's been putting up the past few years. I mean, I, I need to go back and read that stuff because I never knew what was going on. So I need to go back and and, and do that because uh, there was nobody that could write about wrestling like Dean. Nobody. So. Everybody do that if you can. Well, Ripa Schneider, thank you. And I'm so glad we got to do this together. And uh, like I said, it sucks that we had to have to do this, but we did it. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did it. And uh, it's, it was a catharsis for our, everybody. So uh, yeah. thank you. Guys. Like a lot of a war show or something. <laughs> yeah. Like it, a, little, a little less morbid. Said, let's set that up. Yeah. If Dean, if Dean was here, he's like, Man, man, come on, you guys. You know, <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. Get out of your <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. You know, let's watch some fucking uh, Eo Dos Santo matches or something. You know, so anyway. All right. Well, that is it for us. We thank all of you for listening. And it's Chris and so long from the Peach State of Georgia. Blog Talk Radio. Dean, you have a guest reviewer that is going to appear on the air here. Oh, hold on one second. I should have to say on this. What we've been my, watching, my special edition. Oh, oh actually, uh, hold on. Uh, can you kill time for like uh, two minutes? I have to sing "Happy Birthday" to my daughter. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why they plan to do this right when I'm on the radio. Oh. Blog talk radio would be nothing without Dean singing. <laughs> Annabelle is eleven. That's how old you are. Great. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Annabelle. Happy birthday to you. All right. That's right. We start our birthday parties at 10. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, why are they still up at 10? <laughs> oh, hold on. Well, we have, like, people over. Like, uh, oh. We have, like, you know, but, uh, yeah. We just finally, well, it's vacation Bible school this week, so they just got out of vacation Bible school, so. This is kind of hey, Eric. Eric. Come on. All right, here's our, here's our special guest correspondent. <laughs> Y'all, y'all get lost. You got to intro him, Dean. Uh, the uh, this is our guest, our guest correspondent. He is uh, five years old. He's been very excited about the La Porca match. He's now uh, L.A. Park against La Parca. <laughs> All right, hey, uh, Eric. Uh, Tim's on the line. He wants you to uh, tell him. He wants you to tell him what happened in the La Parca match. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Tell me how good it was. Yeah. Hi. Hey, do I have a poker match? Uh, the uh, bad poker. Uh, he went out on the part of the good poker's mask. They yep. cut him. Man, the good poker did it to the bad one. There's a lot of blood in it. Oh, I was gonna ask if there was a lot of blood. Yeah, yeah, they had to like rip off the mask. I don't think we're gonna have a mask by mask. I think they are. They're gonna have mask versus mask. But if they, they do, they're going to have teared up masks. Did they tear each other's <laughs> well, yeah. masks up? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't... Did they tear each other's mask? How did they bleed? Um, they, um, bleeded on the forehead. From under the and, mask? Um, um, know how they did it? They, the, the guy put the food and um, the good poker out into the chairs uh-huh. where the um, audience are. Right. Then. And they made the, him bleed? Yeah. Then the good one did to the bad one. And I'm, uh, this is really bad part. I don't think I, um, uh, well, well, he, um, uh, the, the, um, I, well, the battle porker, well, one of us, well, they both got knocked out, so, so the bad ones came in. Right, my parents, them all. Yeah, and uh, all the bad guys, like, all his teammates came in, and, yeah, they, um, uh, put them on the good one. And then he won. Then um, Goodman looked up. Hard, <laughs> right, buddy. Good job. So the Goodla Parker won. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, good. Good job. <laughs> the uh, the, uh, the uh, his friends were Paris Del Mall. Okay. So well, we, uh, we have uh, nothing Eric. to offer for the overrun tonight. We've we've uh, exhausted all our good ideas right here at the start. Of the show. <laughs> did you, Did you understand the Martinet part? No, the I didn't. Part about the, uh, the part about the pile driver? Where he won with the pile driver? No, all I, I heard about him going in the audience. Hold on, he's going to... Hold on. Okay, you remember the guy where you dropped him on his head? Or he illegally dropped him on his head? Um, uh, did you know, um, he, um, uh, the good one, the bad one, he was in me, so, the, uh... But, the illegal move. Yeah, he did the illegal move. But, but it was good because the wolf was knocked out. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's how it works. <laughs> Good job, Eric. 